0: How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. It's your boy, Reagan Harold, joined alongside Mr. Manny Burroughs. I'll keep this one short and sweet. This is uh, just two of us, no interview today. We will have interviews for you next week. But, Manny, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, midweek action, uh, where there's one big storyline obviously, talk talking about from, from the midweek, everything else, um, you know, some thrilling games, some overtime games, but then we will talk about what happened this weekend. Manny, let's start in Miami Gardens with the battle of My- Miami Gardens. Uh we can start with the the I mean, anyway, I feel like we have to start with the men's side, right?
1: Yeah, I think we definitely have to start on on that ending. Definitely the biggest storyline out of Wednesday night. So I, I really I went back and forth on this game. I really did. You know, I was all obviously on the call and I kept saying on the broadcast, and there was even a point I even threw out the number, we were leading that game for 94% of, of the game when I looked at it at the time. And that probably went up closer to like 95, 96, except for those last three minutes. Now, I'm going to credit Flomo, though, because they always stuck in it. They were never out of it. Like Even yeah. when the Bobcats made a big run or made a big push, they come back with a three, come back with an N with an and one get a couple stops in a row and add a couple points in a row as well. The lead was always at eight, maybe got to ten once or twice, but it always was around eight to seven points. And that's dangerous. That's a dangerous lead because you never feel comfortable, but you also don't necessarily feel a little bit of pressure. So you gotta, you kind of have that in between, and that can really mess with you sometimes. And I feel like that's what kind of happened. The lines just kind of hung around, hung around, hung around. And then boom, those last three minutes happened. And I said on the broadcast, these two teams, it was a low scoring game for them. Like it, it, it was that it was there were a lot of free throws that were being shot, you know, but those last three minutes, I knew we we're going to be kind of like a car crash. It was going to be a lot of things happening all at once. Some highlight plays. I'm sure people have seen it all over social media on from both sides. And I think the best way to put it is at the end of the day, Florida Memorial just had, they came down to them making plays. You know, they made plays down the stretch. They made some big time plays. The Bob Keschers didn't make enough. And it's a tough loss, and like we said, one team is going to be zero two, and it ended up being the Bobcats.
0: Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, you you were there, so I don't really have too much to to add on. Obviously, I was broadcasting the Weber games, and you were broadcasting these games, so you know. Um, yeah. I, Nothing really just jumps out when, when you look look at the stats. I mean, just being a, a stat boy w- warrior right now. Uh nothing really jumps out. I think five for twenty-three from behind the arc is obviously not where you want to be with Flow Mogo's five for sixteen. Um yeah. And it, it, you know, it's really surprising because w- usually, and you, you look at uh, years past with St. Thomas when it's close to late, you usually want to bet on the Bobcats. So I, that's usually their money time, and it wasn't the case this time, which was a little, a, l- a little surprising to, to ha- have that uh, happen. But yeah, I mean, hey, uh, we said on on the last episode, you said it was. Um, uh, I believe you said it was bigger for Southeastern. Um, that I said about I said okay, Saint Thomas. I said Saint. You Thomas. said Saint Thomas. St. I said I said Southeastern. Yeah. Um, and it it, it was Saint Thomas. I felt 2 uh, two. We'll obviously talk about uh Southeastern. A great win for them. Their their women's team against Kaiser. We'll talk about that that one a little bit later. But yeah, man. Um, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I think it is still you you don't you're not grabbing the panic button, but now you know what drawer, drawer it's in, and now your palms are getting a little little sweaty. Um, I still don't think it's anything too concerning about. I think it's still too early. Um, now, St. Thomas is still playing like this middle of February. This time, a month from now, I think then then is going to be a what's happened. I don't think we're there. Yet. I think we're far from there. Yet. I think it seems way too talented to write them off. I would even say they're. Probably still the favorite to win win the Sun Conference tournament. Um, as far as the Sun Conference regular season, probably most likely. Um, not really to start. Uh, you're wanting for that, especially when you look at Ave Maria and Kaiser, who we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, in just a minute, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean t- a tough one for the Bobcats, but uh, Florida Memorial. Oh, what a way to respond! What a way to respond. Um, you get. Uh, I don't want to say embarrassed, but they were the favorites to win that game. That you got upset against. Warner, which, I mean, just joined the club when it comes to getting upset right right now in Sun Conference basketball. But what a way to respond. You get back to one and one and you you tell – if you told Florida Memorial, hey, two games in the Sun Conference play, you'd be one and one I think they would take that. I think they would take that, and I definitely don't think they would have thought it would have happened the way it did.
1: Maybe they thought they would have been the Bobcats that gave them that loss just because, again, on paper, like you said, look at the stats. Nothing jumps out to you. Like, there really wasn't anything. Like, no one had more than – 20 points on either team. The highest scoring from either team was Milton Matthews with 16. He went six of 14 from the field, four of 10 from three. Like that's the highest scoring in this situation where there's a plenty of talent on both teams, and you saw that they kind of canceled out. And that's why I say it came down
0: to basically who can make more plays, and the Lions right. made a few more plays than the Bobcats. Wait, we do have to keep rolling. Uh, we're doing. Doing Heart of America Media Day with Naisb, we we get we're getting that started. So we, we do have to roll through these games a little bit quicker than what I like to. But going over to the to the women's game, some good performance solo wise for Florida Memorial Deja uh, Thornton with twenty seven points. But Bobcats, man, uh, Marta Franco, what a performance from her! Eight from eleven from the field, three for three from behind the arc. Manny, I mean, I'm glad she had that kind of bounce back game. You know, she had
1: uh, struggled with foul trouble the game before against Cole, So only played eight minutes finished with four four personal fouls, but she was still involved in the game. And, you know, I knew she was going to have a good bounce back. Her best offensive game of, this, of the year, for sure. No question about it. When, if you would have told me that the Bobcats were going to play the, the lines at St. Thomas and Brooke Bogats would be the fifth leading scorer, I (laughs) Uh thought it was a rough day, yeah. but I would have been sorely mistaken, and I'm so happy I would have been sorely mistaken because not just Franco, Renee Tumblin, double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. You also have Bria Brown, nine points, two rebounds, and then you also have Paige McDonald off the bench with 15 and six, including six of eight from the field. When the offense is humming like it was, and I said, they're going to have a breakout game from the three-point line. Now, they didn't shoot an obscene number you know 39 is still very very good Don't get, don't get me wrong but we're not talking about they were shooting 40 or 50 but 39 for them is very very good because you know about the defense you know that, that that's what they're going to do so now if they're shooting the ball from distance like that it's just so much good stuff going on and by the way even though Brooke only had eight points she also had six rebounds and seven assists so she was still doing what she does best and it was just a team effort and great defense you know aside from Thornton who sometimes you just gotta tip your hat it is it, it was Honestly, great to watch her. She was just flat out putting that ball in the hole. But sometimes you know players are going to get their numbers. But if you can hold everybody else to what they did, that's the
0: recipe for success against anybody in the conference. Absolutely. Keeping the train rolling. Uh, let's talk about a uh, great uh, weekend. I think uh, Kaiser had, had, had a pretty good uh, midweek. But Weber heading over to Babson Park, the games. I was on the call for the men's game. Uh they played coastal Georgia. I want to have, I have take about coastal Georgia before we get into uh Weber and their 84 70 win over the Mariners. Sally Wilson's the best defender in this conference, and I don't know if it's close, Manny. Uh it's already did uh to Milton Matthews uh last weekend. Obviously he's been a great player for Coastal Georgia uh uh th- th- this season. And he held Tyron Nesby to two points in the first half. That's something. Now Nesby said, "Hey, there's 40 minutes in this game, and he dropped 19 in the second half, or maybe been may have been four points and then 17. Either way, he dropped 21 points, four for seven from behind the arc for Nesby." The big question was, what would this Weber team look like uh, in the post Stokes era of this season? It against Kaiser, I think there's, I don't say no doubt, but I say pretty good shot they win. Didn't matter in this game, and Eden Holt was a phenom, was phenomenal at the at the point guard position. Gavin Buchanan, tough physical just a fun gritty guy to to watch I, he honestly for from uh, you know hearing from people w- with Weber, he is a lot like the coach he is a lot like uh Gabriel Rutledge uh Cooper Peterson was a solid guy off the bench two big three three-pointers hit him with the Habuga uh but mm-hmm. he he was great um uh, Weber's three-point shooting uh was ultimately uh I'll tell you what the three-point shooting of this game was phenomenal coastal Georgia the the thing with that that was troublesome for them was they started four for four, which was when I saw when they when they were up like 12-6 early and they were four for four and we were just not able to mat- match how fast they were moving. That's another thing. They moved the ball very well and they find open looks and the, the first four three-point uh, attempts they had on Weber were wide open, just butt-necked threes. And I'm like, uh-oh uh Weber might be in trouble here, but after going four for four to start, uh they, they finished six for twenty from but from behind the arc Weber stayed pretty consistent throughout the night. Um and then something that Weber just d- does well. I mean the last year they were one of the best uh, free throw shooting teams in the NAI and they had a great night at the line twenty three from twenty nine. Uh beat out rebound them out. As, uh had almost twice as many assists. Uh, it was a real solid not- night for the Weber men's team. No, I'm mean,
1: just like you were the just listening to the breakdown for me from the Bobcats line game. I'm just sitting here taking it all in on on what you saw from from the Warriors game. Obviously, we know how Coastal was going to be. We both picked Weber to win that game, but we both knew the Mariners were going to be riding a little bit of momentum, and I, and we knew that it was going to be a, a dog fight. So I'm nothing surprised on that end. But I obviously we knew that the Warriors just have the talent to do it. But we're all going to keep an eye on that Sally Wilson out there and and Coastal. He's he's, he's putting make a name for himself big time right now.
0: Right, and uh, moving on to the women's game between Weber and Coastal. Weber, how you doing? Now, this is the Weber basketball team that I, that that will fire me up, get the people going. It was a great performance. Um, you know, man, you said that Weber may have the best, or at least the best offensive uh, guard duo in in this conference, and Jada Burgess and Samantha Pacheco. I think that was. You know, maybe taking it a step too far. I think there there may be one or two others after the game against Coastal. I'm right there with you. Now, obviously, Coastal Georgia's uh, got, got their own struggles uh, this year, and there there will be tougher conference uh, competition. Uh, obviously, they're going to play Kaiser again, Southeastern, Saint Thomas, yada yada yada. So another 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 one. Now, back to back games with 20 plus points from Burgess and Pacheco. Pacheco. She was the second shortest, uh, player on the, on the court, but behind only, uh, I wasn't, uh, yeah, Madison, uh, Aguilera from coastal Georgia, but Pacheco 10 rebounds, uh, Alicia Walker, uh, she got in some foul trouble, but in the second half, when she, when she came back was phenomenal, uh, as a big for, for the Warriors, she had 10 rebounds and 11 points and, um, Jada just about the, a, a, an average stat line for Jada Burgess, 24, five and four, uh, it was a great team performance, uh, defense uh excuse me the offense did get a little hectic they get a little sloppy at times but hey anytime you're able to score 85 plus points got to be happy about that the biggest thing i saw from this aside from obviously pacheco and Burgess, i mean combined
1: they they were put up 46 points 15 rebounds eight assists six steals like that dude was going to be so much fun to watch this entire season Burgess is also just lit at the first line. another game where she's going 14 for 16 and she just makes her money at that line i was also surprised with the Weber Warriors, they out rebounded the Mariners decisively. 47-21. I think that was a obviously something it's gonna be hard for them to do consistently, but if they can do that, maybe not to that degree, that's gonna add in a little extra, you know, a couple extra possessions. You limit some possessions from the other team as well. And like you mentioned, Alicia Walker, double
0: double for her. So it was a really good win for the Warriors, and I'm excited if it could be a launching pad for them. Hey, shout out uh real quick. I mean, co- coach Nate and the strength uh and conditioning coaches for Weber. Uh you know no, no disrespect to coastal georgia at all but weber in both the men's and the women's game they out hustled them and they when it got to the, the second half or, or the uh fourth quarter for the women's game both weber teams just seemed more prepared they seemed better conditioned and uh, that was a huge uh part of when it got to you know into the second half that both both teams were able to build up a little bit of a lead now coastal did, did make things interesting but uh It was was a great game. I mean, it was a great game between Coastal and Weber, but it was the fourth-best game game, uh, on the men's side. Manny, let's go to what I think we'd have to say was the best game, Warner against Ave Maria, starting with the men's. The gyrenes beat the Royals 97-95 in overtime. I think every team's just going to have their best offensive night, and you're going to love it, and you're going to be so excited against Ave Maria. And you're gonna go home home with the loss, and that's that, that's what happened. I mean, I mean, you look at you look look at Warner, Manny. I mean, Blaze Darling, twenty nine, Logan West, twenty three and nine. Um, have three other players: Nurse, Joseph, Skull, all in double figures. But just another night with honestly ninety seven points. I think that's right at what they're averaging per game, and maybe a point or two less. And Rave Maria, like we, like we said before, and you said you said it again. It's
1: they, they they kind of play with you. They, they make you feel like, oh, uh, we're yeah. having a great offensive night. We know what's going to happen. We're going to be able to get them. And then the gyrenes come in and say, no, 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 no. That's not what's happening right now. That's just what that's called the Ave Maria effect. It's it's a full thing. It is a real thing. Don't look at the numbers and you will believe it. And I mentioned, you know, if the if the Warner Royals can keep them under 100, they would be there. And they were. They had needed extra time. And we also saw the offensive showing for the Royals. If they get out in the open court, if they get out and get into a transition game, they are really dangerous. You know what I'm saying? We've talked about Blaze during the past two weeks, rightfully so. I think he's really is he gonna win it? No, but I think he's making the numbers he's putting up right now, you gotta put him in the on the on the he's at the table. He's at the table for that player of the year conversation just out of a respect thing because he's putting up some great numbers and he's really leading this team offensively speaking. But at the end of the day, like we keep mentioning the gyrenes just they can score the bat. I would love to sit down and practice for the Jairines and see how many shots they're shooting, how many shots they're making, because it's so impressive their ability
0: to just go out and get buckets. And this might've been an off night for them. Yeah. I've reached out. I definitely want to get somebody from the Abe men's team on the, on the podcast really soon. Uh, Manny where the game was won and lost. We, we talk about the offense. It's obviously a great one, but it, this game came down to uh free throw shooting. Uh, if, if Warner is just able to be a little bit better, I mean, you can't go twelve for twenty in regulation. Um, they went they they went two for two in their free throws in overtime, but they went twelve for twenty in their free throws from the line. Uh, you can't do that. Meanwhile, uh, Ave Ave Maria, they went nineteen for twenty two total. I mean, eighty six percent from the line is ridiculous. But when you're playing Ave Maria the kind of shooting team, they they are yeah, they can hit their shots. But Warner sixty three percent. Manny, if they if they can. I mean, obviously you can say this about any overtime game, but instead of go- going eight for 12 in the first half or, or four for eight in the second half from the line, we're talking about Warner having – I mean, obviously Coastal George is the biggest upset of the season we're having, but we are talking about back-to-back weeks where a predict a team predicted not to go into the, the tournament takes down a, a really, really good team who will be in the tournament. You literally can't – Be more on point with that because both teams shot the
1: same free throw attempts and it came down to just literally the gyrenes making more than the royals. And sometimes it's simple as that, you know, in a game like this where the margin of error is so minimal when you play against a team like the gyrenes because of the fast pace that they play at and the shots that they get up, every single point, whether at the free throw line, every little layup, every rebound, those kind of things where you might overlook sometimes are the things that normally they do very, very well and they will kind of beat you with.
0: Moving on to the women's game, it was Ave Maria beating Warner, 67-57, led by Maria Coleman with twenty-one and six. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, last week about maybe the the Brooke Bogats and Jasmine Edwards race being a, an incredible race for Player of the Year, and of course, w- we did mention there are players that are going to have plenty to say about that. I think one of them is definitely M- Maria Coleman. I mean, five for seven from behind the arc, eight for thirteen sh- shooting. Manny can't have much be- better uh, night than that. You really can. She was the only double-figure score for the gyrenes, which harps
1: on not just her role but also the depth of this team. I mean, 15 yep. players played in this game for the gyrenes, eight of them playing 17 or more minutes. So they love going to that bench. They love letting those players ride for a little bit, and it does wonders for them. So it's really impressive what we've seen from Maria Coleman. I mean, to have 21 points and have no free-throw attempts, not even an attempts. Really shows the efficiency side of things. Also, you chip in six rebounds, three assists. She's just really doing a little bit of everything. And like you said, she's definitely flying. Was flying under the radar, but I think back to back games now where she's had double figure scoring games. I think I would call this a, a nice win. A, maybe not a a. Eye-opening win, but it's a very nice win because this Royal team, we know they're hungry. We just had Jasmine on, on the pod, and she obviously talked about that hunger that this team has. They're coming off of a big-time win against the Lions. So I think it was very good for them. i the defense. I mean, 67 points for the gyrenes is lower in this conference, but if you hold a point of 57 points on 34% shooting, you're going to be really, really good. And, of course, you're going to out-rebound a lot of teams, 40 to 28 in this game for the for the gyrenes over the Royals. It really just came down to them forcing some – Turnovers in the sense of rush shots, maybe not bad shots by the Royals offense, but you still maybe were a little bit pressured by the Gyrene's defense. And we're gonna definitely have an eye on that on Maria Coleman and see how she has the rest of the season because some of these games coming up really gonna tell a lot about that player of the year race.
0: I'll tell you, put a pin in this one. Uh I don't know when or if we'll see her again, but Ella Thompson, number two, uh the junior forward uh that that transferred. Uh, to Ave Maria from UT Martin. Remember, she was somebody that we talked about in the in the uh, pre pre basketball uh, preseason for basketball preview. But she's not played since William Carey, which was one of those games that was played at Polk State. Was supposed to be played at Weber, and up got and played at Polk State. Yada yada. She was incredible. Uh, she got hurt in that game and. She has not played since. I have no idea what, what her status is or anything like that. But, you know, looking back on that no, November 2nd game, she was 5-for-10, 2-for-3 uh, from behind the arc, 3-for-3 three three, uh, from the from the line. I mean, that's two – and she had two 15-point games. If they get her back, I think Ave Maria – think Ave Maria could win the win the Sun Conference tournament. I, think Bella Thompson gets back with that scoring threat. I think that they, they could win this tournament.
1: I do think that the gyrenes, both men's and women's, they're definitely creeping up as a, as a dark horse type of candidate. And now obviously I think the men's have a little bit more than a dark horse chance, right. but the women's side, they're definitely enjoying, I think being under the radar. And when those big games come, which we know they are coming, they're really going to get up for those and we're going to might have some game of the week contenders yep. in multiple weeks in a row.
0: If I could, I would book it down to Kaiser this weekend. <laughs> I would book it to Kaiser this weekend, but I can't do that. Um moving on to our fourth and final midweek matchups. It was Kaiser's Southeastern and another incredible one on the men's side. Kaiser a late uh a a late shot or excuse me a shot late into the game to tie it up, descended to over over time and survive and survive in the furnace. Uh Calvin Sermon is the superstar in the making, Manny. I really have to agree with you on that one because
1: we kind of, we, we both have the Seahawks obviously winning this game, but we also understood that the fire were going to not let it be an easy one. We understood the fire were going to have a lot to say for the fact that they thought they could have beat, won their game the week before or the game the day before. But Calvin Sermon's 29 points, 9 of 19 shooting, 2 of 4 from the 3-point line, 9 of 13 free throw shooting. I also want to give a quick shout out to all the scorers in the conference. They understand Let's get to the free throw line. Let's get some buckets. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of these players who are scoring 20 points almost a game. They understand we can, we, if you attack the paint, you're going to get rewarded. You're going to get some free ones at the line. But Bro. not only was him, Brandon Farmer, also 20 points for him. And then Vincent, 11 points, 10 rebounds, another double-double. Obviously, those five fouls, not having him to end that game is a big loss. But the Seahawks will push through and kind of see the depth of this team and the ability yeah. for them to squeeze out some tough wins, even without their
0: big man in the in the paint. And hey, I know it's it, it's been a tough season for Southeastern, but man, th- th- this is a it, it's a loss. But yeah, I mean they played so well. I mean they they did play. Good. I mean just and again, this I obviously didn't watch the game with, with with being on the call for the Weber game. But uh, Makai Vassal, twenty six uh, points on eleven for seventeen shooting. Uh, Reggie Mesidor, uh, he has sixteen points. Josh Joshua Velasquez, he is has sixteen points, three for six from behind the arc. Sean Shore, nine and nine it's tough for them. it's tough for them, man i mean it just seems like they can't they can't really catch a break but yeah you go back to kaiser vincent another double double brandon farmer a rebound away from a double double but you know when i was talking to some of the weber guys after the kaiser game i i was just like so w- w- what are your thoughts about kaiser and unanimous unanimously it was oh that point guard can it, it is crazy and it's crazy that a 5'8", 145-pound freshman is tearing up the Sun Conference uh the same way uh, a guy like Tyrone Nesby is uh, f- for Weber. But I think we are looking at a guy that in the next two years, three years, I think he could very well le- reach uh, Riley Minnick's level in the Sun Conference. Uh, the, the difference is being 5'8", is obviously tough, but – it ain't slowing him down right now. I mean, he's just so fast, he's quick, and he's got great vision on the court. I mean, to hop off the southeastern point, It every year I feel like there's
1: always that team, in any sport really, where they play very well, but they just can never catch a break, and that's been the fire so far. I mean, the first recipe for success for them – is makai reggie and joshua all have to really score 12 plus points a game i think that if that's what they're doing consistently obviously it's an overtime game so you're going to add a couple extra points but if they're doing that that's going to give them the best chance to win and then it's just a matter of doing the little things fixing up some edges and having some support from around that as well as for to, to give them that a uh, riley minix type thing obviously that's a lot that's a, that's very high i do think he's Freshman of the year is is definitely in play for him. I think it's
0: probably his yeah, to yeah, lose yeah. so far. <laughs> he, he, he's probably minus ten thousand here. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be he's freshman of the he's he's year. Vary anything crazy happening. He he is a Sun Conference freshman of the year.
1: But I I do think while his disadvantage is height, that's also his advantage because people are going to look at it and say, yo, he's five eight, and he's really putting making people have to adjust to him how he plays. They are running the offense at times through him. I yeah. can see that two-man game with him and Vincent being a problem for uh, definitely the rest of this season and and who knows how much longer. So I, I understand it. I do think that is the most best-case scenario, but the way it's going right now, I don't think anybody would necessarily disagree if you have that projection for what could happen for Mr.
0: Sermons out in West Palm Beach. Real quick, yes or no, I don't want to get in this debate because this is a 30-minute debate. We'll do this uh, definitely soon. Vincent? Sermons, Farmer, is that the best three-headed monster in the Sun Conference now that Nesby's not playing for Weber? Because I think with N- – I'm sorry, not Nesby, my apologies, Uh, that now that uh Stokes is not playing for Weber. I feel like with Stokes playing, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's Stokes, Nesby, and Holt as the best trio. But does Kaiser have the best three-headed monster, yes or no? And you can change your answer. We, we, this will be a Monday debate. I'm going to just go with yes, just because I don't
1: know off the top of my head who we're going to consider as trios per team. Right. So I'm going to say yes, just because again, on the spot, Definitely but yeah, get- when we come Monday, we're going to have, we're going to look at each team, what we consider the three headed yeah. monster for each team. And then we'll really get into it. But for now, I'm going to say yes, because the Seahawks are just, they're winning games and each one of them is putting up yep. consistent points,
0: consistent rebounds, consistent impact throughout the, their games. If, if, do you agree with me though? If Stokes is still playing, is that kind of unquote? I think Ave may may have something to say, but I feel like you, if you just line up a black 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 top court three v three, I I'd, I'd probably take Nesby Holt Stokes over. I do think and again. We, we got. I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. We 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 gotta roll. But but we're, <laughs> we 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 gotta roll. We gotta roll. All right. Uh, the women's game. Southeastern take care of business against. Uh, Kaiser. Southeastern, that's exactly the response they needed. Uh they they need, needed this bad Manny and uh three players and, and uh with, with over 15 points and Krebs, uh Herman and uh Kayla Jeff. Yeah, I mean a great great perform- performance for Southeastern, man. Take it away. I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, the we talked about it a little bit earlier in this pod. We talked about
1: it last pod. They were the ones on the women's side who needed to get this win to not go down 0-2. And they answered the bell. You know, I think that's a good building block for them. You look at the scoring for them in the quarters; three straight quarters with twenty p- points scored. The only one that wasn't that was the fourth quarter with nine, but that thing was kind of game was already kind of decided by then. You look at the entire team for the for the fire. You mentioned Becky with twenty points, Maya Herman seventeen. You also had Curbs with sixteen. I'm just so curious about the offense because. 76 is good it's good but it's i don't know if it can be consistent for them because we've seen well and
0: and another thing manny how many times are you going to play kaiser and you'll have julia Fitzwater and mimi han go a combined 0 for 10 from behind the arc i mean kaiser i mean that ultimately uh the 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 kaiser lost the game going three for 17 from behind the three-point line did do phenomenal at the line 14 for 19 and Holy no calls for Southeastern at, at the home place. Like like you, at home, you're supposed to be the one uh, going to the line, but they only went. Uh, they only had uh, four shots. They went two for four from the line, which you can't really look at that percentage and take it serious. But uh, great great job from the line for Kaiser. But three for seventeen, and then you look over it at, at Southeastern twelve for thirty four from behind the arc and uh shooting forty three percent from the field. Yeah, I mean that, that that'll get the job done done a good bit, but. You, I, it, 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 it only getting four free throw shots. I, I that definitely contributes, and only scoring seventy six points. I feel like
1: that is true. But I will say, if you're shooting thirty four attempts, I'm curious how many times you're trying to get in at the paint because that's one thing you know. Coaches always say we're not getting foul calls. Well, I always say, are you driving to the basket? Are you going to the basket? Because if right. you're shooting from the line from the three point line, you're not going to get a lot of calls. So that's obviously the the, the balance that, that I'm looking at here. Because I don't know if the can really afford to shoot 34%, uh, 34 thirty four attempts a game. Or Obviously, a game is too much, but getting around that number, I don't know if that's going to be the best for them because I think they do better getting to the paint, really kind of slowing down the game. Of course, you're going to get your three-point shooters, you're going to get your three-point opportunities, but more in the 20s, I think, is really where they're going to succeed because then you take away from attempts from the three-point line, you add it to the free-throw line, slow down the game, you can really set up your defense and stuff like that, which I think is where they're going to hold their hat on anyways. So good game for them. There, you're going to have some leads as well, but I don't know if it's really
0: something that we're going to see consistently throughout the season. All right, man, we got to wrap it up. Uh, we're not going to have time to go through uh, all, all eight games. So instead, give me one women's basketball game, one men's basketball game. If you could go anywhere in the Sunday Conference, where would it be?
1: For the women's, I'm going to go to Avi Maria. I think it's a pretty simple as that. Kaiser, Jairene's situation where this is an early possible i'm gonna say at least playoff uh, preview i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it there i'm not gonna go any farther i'm gonna say this could be a playoff preview these two teams having great starts to their season the gyrenes i think are gonna be my pick for this one even though the seahawks are coming off of the loss i think the gyrenes build off the display been seeing from maria coleman i think the depth is really something we got to look at because people talk about depth offensively it's also defensively if you can throw in these number of players and the defense stays where it's at that's a very dangerous thing and i think it looks or it's been overlooked sometimes by, by people so i think the gyrenes pull this one out and prove to
0: 3-0 into what i think will be a big time matchup in their next game i agree with you i, I would probably be, be heading there for that one uh but just to be different i'd be heading to lakeland i, I want to see what southeastern looks like after a win do they uh do they continue to look like the best team in, in the conference which they were predicted to be, or? For on the flip side, Weber. Okay, it is Burgess Pacheco. Do we talk about that? Is maybe the best duo overall in the Sun Conference after this game? I think that's certainly something that that could happen if they both if they combine for another fifty plus point performance. Uh, Over on the men's side, Manny, I feel like this is a no brainer.
1: I think I know what you mean by that. But I'm gonna switch it up, like you did. Just to be different, and I'm going Warner and St. Thomas. That would be my I, second
0: pick. That would be my. Second I think pick for
1: sure. this one is important. I think uh, you need yeah, this one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need it, and we mentioned the worst case scenario was you're going against the Royals at home, one and one, and we're if we're being honest, the Royals had a chance. To pull off the upset again. So it's yeah. not like they got smoked by the gyrenes. They were Blue. there. They needed extra Blue. time. And they could easily be saying, if we make X amount of free throws.
0: One more. One more. One more free throw in regulation. Technically, now, of course, the game could flow a different way. But, you know. oh, And I think that is scary. I'm looking at Blaze Darling. He's
1: been putting up numbers. He's been sending a little bit of a message. And I'm taking the Bobcats. Because I think... Backs against the wall, you know. You're saying that the that you're hovering over the over the drawer. I think for them, this is this is the time. Like you got to do it now. If Blaze Blaze Darling could have a situation where he says, you know what, I'm forget this whole dark horse. Where I'm making my my message known that I'm coming for heads this this season, and I think it's gonna be a fun game for them. I think that crowd that crowd is gonna be raucous. I think it's gonna be awesome, and I think that's where I'm gonna go with just to be a little different. But I think the Bobcats do pull it out.
0: It's Ave Maria Kaiser. That's where where you want to be be this weekend. You 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 want to be at that game. You have a great women's game before it, but the men's game, uh, for Ave Maria Kaiser, you get you you get an answer, an undoubted power ranking number one uh, in the first three games of the Sun Conference season. That that's where you want to be. It's going to be exciting. I think the matchup is are the matchups are phenomenal. I think you're you could have the potential of having two maybe three maybe four i would i'd say likely two possibly three maybe four guys with 30 plus points in this game it's going to the, there will be over 200 points scored in this game it's going to be an electric factory uh down there in south florida yeah that, that that's the one manny anything else you want to get into uh before we send the folks into a great weekend of sun conference action
1: off that matchup, my only th- two things from that one are if Logan West, I think he had a little bit of an impact in the royals gyrene game where he slowed down a little bit and slowed down by under 100 is, is crazy. I think Vincent could have a similar impact, maybe more. I do think we're going to see a lot of first-team, all-conference
0: type of players in this yeah. game, performances out of the woodworks, and it's going to be just so much fun. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Another week of uh, uh, Suncast, we will, we will be back. Uh, Early next week to recap these games and look at the midweek games. Thank you so much.